Welcome to Coach's Corner. So because I'm on maternity leave, we wanted to mix it up on the weekend for you. All the Wednesday episodes are fresh coaching calls I pre-recorded before I had the baby. And this episode that you're going to hear is an old coaching call that I did several years ago that was one of the crowd's favorites. So maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, maybe it's a good time to re-listen to it. We can always learn more when we re-listen to something as well. So I hope you enjoy this coaching episode. And I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, Organifi. You can get 20% off all your Organifi products at Organifi.com slash over it using promo code over it. I love their Organifi green juice. It's an incredible superfood blend, rich in micronutrients. Moringa, known as nature's most powerful multivitamin, is rich in vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and aminos. And Moringa is in the green juice. It contains a nine times the protein of yogurt. 10 times the vitamin A's carrots, 15 times the potassium of bananas, 17 times the calcium of milk, 12 times the vitamin C of oranges, 25 times the iron of spinach. So the body needs both macro and micronutrients for optimal health. We all understand the importance of macronutrients, protein, fat, carbohydrates, and these make up the majority of our diet, but often the micronutrients are neglected. The micronutrients, which include the vitamins and minerals that are in Organifi Green, and a lot of their other things like their red juice work behind the scenes to help keep our bodies healthy. So if you want a healthy and easy way to get your greens in, to get your micronutrients in, go to Organifi.com slash over it and get 20% off your order today. This is episode 32, Getting Over Moodiness with Monica. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm so thrilled that my normal voice is back. Thank you for putting up with a couple episodes where I was all nasally and congested. I got that cold that was going around, and I'm feeling vital and healthy, and I can breathe, and it's wonderful, and boy, am I grateful for my health. You know, sometimes it takes not having it at optimal levels to really be present to how amazing it is to be in a healthy body. So just super grateful for that. I really love today's episode because for so many years of my life, I was pretty moody. I'm sure if any of my family members are listening, (laughs) they're nodding their heads. You know, there were just days or moments when I found myself pretty snippy with other people, especially the people closest to me. Or times when I just felt rather blah and erred more on the negative side of things. People would ask me how I was doing and my responses were more like, fine, or I'd talk about what was not going right in my life, you know, be a little bit of a complainer at times. There was a heaviness about me that didn't make it easy to make friends or feel inspired about anything. Plus, I judged myself for being moody. I didn't like who I was when I was irritable or negative. But it almost felt like it was just my personality, like that's who I was and there was nothing I could do about it. Which is why I love the question from today's caller, Monica. She's acknowledging her moodiness and is wondering if it's something that she can change or if it's a fixed personality trait that is permanent. It is a fantastic question and I'd like you to reflect on some kind of behavior or personality trait that you don't necessarily love about yourself or feel truly inspired when you're experiencing it. It could be moodiness or it could be something else like being extremely judgmental or people-pleasing or it could be an emotional state you have a tendency to default to like sadness, worry, anger, fear, something like that. Now, I'm sure you've already gotten from my sharing about me being very moody and heavy in the past that we can absolutely shift patterns of emotional responses or behavior. 
You know, I no longer experience the heaviness or moodiness that I used to. And of course, I'll share about how I lifted that as I coach Monica and give you additional tips on how to do the same after the call. So as you're listening to this show, consider whether there is something about you that you want to change, such as moodiness, and whether you think it's just part of your personality, or do you truly believe that you can change it? And are you willing to do the work to do it? Would you say that you do experience times when you are irritable or snap at someone, anyone from a loved one to a waiter? And how do you feel about anger? Do you think you have any? And if so, how do you express it? And finally, do you truly feel self-expressed? Not just in speaking your truth to others, but also in fully feeling your feelings and channeling your creativity. Keep these questions in mind as we listen to my session with Monica. So hello, Monica, calling us from Australia, one of my favorite countries. Can't wait to go back. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Nice to speak to you. So my question is today, I've noticed for myself, I can be a bit of a moody person and I feel like it's something that I would really like to shift for myself. I've noticed recently, like I'm starting to understand why that happens for me. A lot of the time it can be for a lack of self-expression and I'm getting better and better at catching myself out. And I guess I want to know, is that like something that can be completely dissolved or is that just something that's inherent in me and that's just my trait and I can't do anything about it. Okay. Um, tell me how the moodiness shows up. Like, what does it look like? I can be withdrawn or like, I just, if I don't feel like speaking to someone, I kind of shut down. Like that's kind of the way that it is. Or I'll be very blunt, a bit cold in a way. Yeah. That's probably how it kind of shows up. Okay. Or or sometimes if I find like I've got things going on on the inside and I don't particularly want to talk about them with whoever I'm with, I try to hide that, but then they still manifest out in, you right. know, yeah. and people can sense it and, yeah. and it's not exactly nice. Right. Exactly. So basically you get leaky when you suppress. Um, yeah. So this is awesome. Such awesome awareness. And I love this because I think a lot of people are going to relate to this. And to that answer to your first question, can it be dissolved or is it just you inherent? 100%, without a doubt, it can absolutely be dissolved. This is not who you are. You know, you're not pathological. You don't have a psychological disorder. Um, This is Uh basically about suppression and self-judgment. And I know this unequivocally because of coaching so many people, but also experiencing this myself. You know, my Mm -hmm. family used to joke around that, you know, whenever, (laughs) when I was around, there were eggshells on the floor because like, (laughs) everyone kind of didn't know, like, was I going to be in a good mood? Like, how was it going to be? And I I remember, and I I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast before, but I, when I was 23, I met Mona. People have heard me talk about Mona. She was my first coach. And I was like dating a boyfriend and I was confused about him and did I want to be with him? And that I thought was my big problem. So I go in and she saw me at her house and I sit down and I, I talk for maybe three minutes and she's like, hold on, baby. She always called me baby or honey or, and, you know, she, she was just like that kind of lady. She's like, hold on, baby, hold on, baby. I'll be right back. And I thought she was going to the bathroom or something. And she comes back and she has this huge pillow wrapped in duct tape, a tennis racket and gardening gloves and said, hit this pillow and scream because baby, you are so angry. And I said, I'm not angry. She's like, oh really? Oh, you're not. Okay. 
And it was very awkward for me to first like hit it and scream and start to move the energy. But so much of my moodiness, so much of my depression, so much of my irritability was repressed anger and sadness. And, you know, I looked at my life and I definitely had some hard things happen, but it wasn't like I had tons to be rageful about. But here's the thing. All of us have experienced something that makes us angry. I mean, look at, you know, when I see my two-year-old nephew not get the lollipop he wants, he gets angry. You know, when we're kids, we get angry, but there's a certain point where we're told, be a good girl, big boys, you know, manage your anger. Like what, and especially for women, especially, you know, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but it's a little easier for men. They have other ways to express it, but for women, we suppress it. So my question back to you is, what do you think you're angry about? Gosh. I don't want to say I don't know because I know that a lot of the time we do. I I can't really feel that there's any one thing popping up as such. Yeah, well, and it doesn't have to be one thing. It can kind of be a theme of things. Like it's sort of like what was at the root of my anger was not feeling understood, feeling rejected, feeling left out, feeling like I had to prove myself, feeling frustrated. And also I was just so angry too that like I, like I was so hard on myself and like nothing ever felt good enough. And it just, it was sort of like this, this frustration that turned into anger. So anger doesn't necessarily mean, you know, this person did this to me and now I'm angry about it. It's sort of like the collection of things that have been the things that were, that pissed us off or that frustrated us or that bug us about the world or that where we feel like there's an injustice either to ourselves or or a, a lack of really not feeling understood or like someone wasn't there for us. Mm. So I guess I would say is I feel like it stemmed from not feeling good enough and then to take that down a depth uh, even deeper, it would come from a lack of feeling love. Mm. I know that just because I've been doing a lot of writing recently and there are two themes that have kind of come up. And even when you mentioned like they're not good enough, I think as a kid I was always, you know, trying to be good enough and, you know, maybe doing so many things to feel loved and maybe over time that's kind of like, you know, I started suppressing. I remember there was a time like when I was a teenager where I just remember I kept not talking back but kind of expressing myself a lot more to my parents and I kept getting in trouble. And so then I was just like, fine, I'm not going to speak anymore. And from Mm. that moment I began to shut down. Mm -hmm. And from then on I would just suppress everything Mm because I wasn't going to say anything because I'd either get in trouble or it wasn't good enough or and then Mm -hmm. kind of I guess, you know, shutting down you then block love from you as well. You just push everyone away and shut down. Right. Well, I would say that's something to be angry about. Mm. not feeling love, feeling like you had to do in order to get love, feeling like if you speak your truth, you're going to be shut down, Mm. feeling like nothing you do is good enough like that, that would piss me off. Mm. You know, like if you think about it on like just kind of an emotional level, how that charge gets held in the body. Mm. And, And with anger, there's usually always sadness too. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. I noticed, like, I think for me, sadness is probably the emotion that comes up more easily, but I notice in all my challenges after that kind of goes away, there's like this fiery, I wouldn't say it's to the degree of rage, but it's like a really big anger burning Mm -hmm. inside me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I guess when I've noticed it recently, I, I kind of think, oh, is it that situation? Is it that thing that's really bugging me? But maybe it's actually the fact that I've just suppressed that for yeah. all these years. Yep. It's like a glass of water filled to the brim and then continuing to add another drop and another drop and another drop. It's like you don't think the drop is going to make the water spill, but because it's so full, it, it starts to spill. And so the thing too, and again, this is kind of typical with women, we are better with sadness than we are with anger in terms of the okayness of feeling it. You know, it's more acceptable for us to cry. It's kind of a more, quote unquote, manageable emotion. Anger can feel really, really, really scary, especially if we have a parent or authority figure or someone who was very angry or yelled a lot or lost their temper a lot in the home. Then we even want to like suppress it even more. So what you said is reveals so much that, you know, the sadness is something you feel and something you go into, but you know, you feel that fiery anger part. And, and this kind of correlates to why it leaks out sort of as blunt or cold or irritable or withdrawn or shut down. Like the blunt, cold, irritable, that is anger leak. Mm. That is total yeah. anger leak. Because it's like it just is getting out in little ways. And the dangerous thing about it, Monica, is it's not just at other people. It's then the self-critic, the inner critic, that voice gets louder and more fierce mm-hmm. too when we have a lot of unsuppressed, when we have a lot of suppressed anger. You know, I see with myself and people I coach, when we deal with the anger, often the voice of the inner critic becomes a lot softer. Mm. So then, okay, I notice in situations, I find that it happens a bit around my parents. You know, they still, that's where I find my triggers are. And if I, you know, just don't feel like speaking or whatever. I just kind of do one word answers and stuff like that. And while I'm now, I feel like I'm aware as it's happening. Um, I still feel like I can't catch, you know, like I'm observing it, but yet I can't stop it yet. Right. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. You're in the awareness phase. You're not in the integration phase. So first you've got to deal with the anger. And, you know, I know you have expectation hangover because we talked about that before we started recording and it do the temper tantrum technique and the release writing techniques in that. And for people listening that don't have the book, either get it or I'll explain it briefly. Release writing, and I would have you do like a, like a 32-day practice of release writing like every day for a minimum of 10 minutes where you just write, I'm angry because I'm pissed off because I feel this because like just like write, write, write and start to let your emotions start to move through you in a different way because when we suppress our emotions, we end up recycling them, not releasing them. And yeah. start to like let anger come out authentically, right? Mm. Because when it's leaking out by being blunt, shut down, cold, you know, I know that's not who you are, you Mm. know? Like I can tell you just have such like an open heart and you're such a love bug. And so Mm. when you're showing up that way, not only does it not feel good, but then you judge yourself for showing up moody, right? So the first thing is like really allow yourself to make the anger okay. Let yourself speak about it. Let yourself, you know, in your own writing, let yourself have an adult version of a temper tantrum. Like start to move and shift this energy first. That's going to be so, so, so important for you. And like you said in the beginning of the call, a lot of this has to do with a lack of self-expression. So the more you're 
working on your creative things, channeling this into to writing or painting or on a great run and all of that. But I but I must say that, you know, the creative things, the exercise, all of those are good. However, I don't think it's enough. We need to do sort of the emotional work with the release writing or the temper tantrum technique where we're dealing with a specific feeling and we're giving it a voice. Mm-hmm. Give your anger a voice. Mm-hmm. Because so much of what is sort of core wounding here for you, it sounds like, is not feeling heard. Mm. So if your anger doesn't feel heard, it's always pushing up against that core issue. Because as you're speaking, what I'm also noticing is like almost on the inside, sometimes it's like I have a maybe like a tantrum, like, like I'm a kid, like, it's almost like, you know, you think an adult would have just express what they feel and have a normal conversation and just say whatever they feel to the other person. Whereas I kind of don't do that so much. And I have trouble doing that. And because I'm, I don't want conflict. That's a big one. That's Mm. why I suppress. And then I go into this, oh, poor me, wounded me, victim type thing. So I feel like maybe all these things are kind of interrelated. Right. Yes. So a lot of angry people, especially women who have suppressed anger, Mm -hmm. become people pleasers. Mm -hmm. They either, um, they fluctuate between being people pleasing and bitchy, basically. So the whole, like, I'll put on a mask and smiley, 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 and, like, make sure you're okay because I don't want conflict because I'm scared to death of anger because I've got a lot of it in here, right? And, and it might explode, and I don't, I, don't wanna hand, I don't want that around me. Or then it's just when you're totally drained and exhausted and fed up enough, then it goes to the bitchy side. Mm. Right? So can, would you say that you experience both of that, like being the people pleaser and not necessarily speaking your truth? And then also kind of showing up, I don't want to call you a bitch, but showing up more irritable, cold, like that kind of thing. Maybe to a degree. I wouldn't say that I'm a people pleaser too much. I feel like maybe in the situations where I'm holding back what I really feel, then if that's what you would categorize that, then yes. Yeah. And then at certain times, then I can, you have to push me quite far, but then I would just be like, uh, I don't want to swear, but be like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) screw you. Yeah. Um, And then I just, but I'll shut down and have the reaction inside of me rather than like, I won't do it to the other person, but it'll be like a, you know. Right. (laughs) Trying not to swear. (laughs) Yeah, I I get it. Everyone can imagine what you, what, what you want to say. So, and this is the thing, even if you can't say it to the other person, Mm. this is for you and for everybody listening. If you're angry, you know, I, I don't. I'm not in any way, shape, or form advocating and saying, let's go like unleash our anger at other people and like yell at other people. Yeah. Uh, when when we're too angry and we have suppressed anger, that's often what happens. We just kind of explode on somebody. Mm-hmm. Versus if someone triggers us, like my best technique, if I'm like really like if someone has really upset me, is I'll say, you know what? I'm mad right now. I'm gonna say something I'm probably gonna regret. So I'm gonna go process this and check back with you later. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go do release writing. I'll have my temper tantrum. I'll get it out. I'll, I'll yell and scream, you know, kind of at them, but they're not there, right? And mm. I'll, I'll get, get that anger out. I'll see what it's triggering inside of me. I will take 100% responsibility for my 50%. Mm. And yeah. then I'll go back and have the conversation. Okay, see, for, I see. I 
feel that that's quite helpful because for me, I find that if I'm in a a conversation, doesn't mean that it has to be an argument, but even like, you know, one of those confronting conversations, I find that I'm not one of those people, you know how there are some people that it can be in one, a heated conversation or stuff like that. And they, they're very quick and they can express things very quickly. And, um, they just, you know, respond straight away with how they're feeling or things like that. Whereas for me, I find that in those conversations, I look back on them and go, Oh, why didn't I say this? And, mm. but I don't agree with what that person said, but I wasn't clear around how I was feeling, so I couldn't express everything to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So I find that, um, you know, in those moments it can be challenging because I, you know, feel this coming at me and so I just go into shutdown mode. Yeah. So I guess that is helpful Yeah. in order to maybe process it. Yes, yes. And guess what? As you – because let me give you a story just to kind of talk to a different part of your brain. When I first started coaching – and facilitating mm-hmm. retreats. At the end of a day, after I coached a few people, or you know, I used to coach like five people a day, or I'd lead a retreat, I would be exhausted. I'd be so tired. And I just thought that was like because I had such a hard job, you know, I was saving people. Mm-hmm. My ego was very invested in that. And <laughs> what I really realized, and what Mona helped me realize, you know, because coach always need, coaches always need coaches, is my issues were being triggered. Mm. that's why I was exhausted. I, I hadn't quite gotten to the place I am now of really cleaning up enough of my own. And I'm not saying that every coach has to have every issue solved, but it gets a lot easier when we've done a lot of our own growth and a lot of our own cleanup. We're much clearer and we're much less exhausted. So the parallel here to, to you, Monica, is that the reason why it's hard for you to think clearly in heated conversations is because it's triggering pent-up anger. Mm. The more you deal with your anger issues, the things that you've been carrying around probably since you were an adolescent or even maybe younger, yeah. the less triggered you'll be in that situation, the less drained you'll be from your own truth, you know, because mm. basically in those situations, your body is working so hard to protect itself because so much is being triggered that you can't think clearly or communicate clearly. Mm. So the yeah. more you deal with this, the more when anger's there, it's not going to be hitting a core wound and you'll be able to really speak from truth and love. Right. And so then in the situations now, so like if I default into that shutdown and like more victim type, this is happening to me and you're being horrible to me, this kind of approach, is that just because also I have all this stuff inside and I'm just putting up protection mode and I think that if I cry or if I go into that poor me, then they feel sorry for me and won't be mm-hmm. as hard or on me. Yeah. Good awareness of using victim as a coping strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed it a lot recently. Like um, I've just been paying attention as to how subtle the ways it's showing up in my life and how far back they've come from, you know, like I am aware that, it's just been something that's a pattern that I've been carrying for such a long time. And mm. so I'm now noticing the various um, places it's showing up and how mm. subtle it can be and how small that they can be too. You know, even how I just respond to when someone says something to me and how I respond on the inside, not necessarily the outside. Can you give an example? I took a job opportunity 
um, recently. And in the moment it felt like the right opportunity. And then it kind of changed a bit. And I was like a bit hesitant about it. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then I was like, Oh, but maybe I should take it just because, you know, for the money. Right. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that's a funny one. And then, uh, so when I started the opportunity, I was just like, what am I doing here? And there was a lot of resistance around it. And then I noticed myself going like, oh, I have no choice, you know, like, um, but, you know, you're committed to this now. There's nothing you can do about it. And then I was like into this, like my thoughts started spiraling into this like trapped little poor thing. Life is against me. I have no choice and I can't do anything about it. It was, that was, it didn't go on for very long because I caught it. So then what I noticed was like, okay, I've accepted to do this right now and I'm committed to it. And is there anything that I can change about it right now? No. Okay. So I was accepted it. And I find that that's, you know, a different approach to what I've previously been doing because I would just be like, oh, poor me, this is happening to me and I have no choice. But I recognize that I do. And maybe right now the situation is as it is, but moving forward, I can choose differently. Mm -hmm. So it was just recognizing my approach to the situation was able to be different to how it had in the past. That is beautiful. You're at such an amazing place in your own personal growth process right now because you have so much awareness. You're taking responsibility without beating yourself up. You're noticing, you know, when you've gone into these patterns of victim or whatever, and and that was the best you could do at the time. So it's like, you know, forgive any judgment against that and going, wait a second, like this, this isn't the most empowering way that I can help myself through this process, right? Or help myself through this situation. And you're looking at the stories you're telling yourself and choosing to tell a different story. And as you continue to kind of work through any of the anger or the sadness or any of the suppression, the more you'll have access to your own inner knowing. And so when a job opportunities or whatever, or relationships or whatever come along, you'll have a more intuitive response versus a reactive response. Yeah, that's true because that's been a big thing for me. I react more than Mm -hmm. rather than respond, you know, from a clean space. It's very reactive most of the time. Right. And that's very, very, very common when there's unprocessed anger. Mm -hmm. Again, and I'm not walking around, I'm not saying that you're walking around as this angry person, yeah. you know, um, and I'm speaking to you and the listeners. It's, it's that if you relate to anything that Monica's sharing or that I have shared about feeling suppressed, feeling a little irritable, feeling moody, all of those kinds of things, be willing to look at what you might be frustrated with, what you might be angry about and be willing to start to, to see it and give yourself permission to acknowledge it. And so I love that you're giving yourself permission. I love that you're having the kind of courage to look at the patterns and look at how you're reacting to things. And also that you're seeing the biggest freedom we have and the way that we empower ourselves most is, as Viktor Frankl says in his Man's Search for Meaning book, in between stimulus and response is a space. And in that space lies our freedom because it's really our freedom to choose. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's beautiful. So now, as you look back to your initial question, do you think you're truly a moody person? 
No, I feel like I've just got things that are unexpressed and patterns and ways of being that have held on to for so long that I've made them into who I am as well. And they're just like a default. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And who do you think you truly are? What is inherent? What is unchangeable about you? I feel like I'm, well, I, I'm just, you know, energy expressing myself in a, in a light way and I'm open. I think if I stripped all the, all the stuff that we've been talking about away, like all I'm left with is lightness. Like I feel like I am an open person. I am bubbly and warm and like so many various things. And without <laughs> all the junk stuff, like I'm like, oh, I'm actually all right. <laughs> yeah, and I can feel, I can like feel the smile and, and all those, I don't know if you call them junk or dark things, all those things aren't bad. So yeah. it's like bring everything into light, bring everything that you've been through, all bring even this moodiness part of you. Like, thank goodness that you have this moodiness part come up to help you deal with this. You know, if you didn't have this moodiness part acting up that you wanted to change, you wouldn't have the, the catalyst to go in and start to ask questions about this and start to shift it. So the moodiness has served you. And now it's time to move on to who you truly are and let her express and know that you are going to be heard and that everything you say and do is good enough and that people really do see you and understand you. And I'm one of them. Thank you. I really acknowledge Monica's honesty. As you heard, there was such a level of self-awareness and a desire and a willingness to shift some of the patterns she saw were no longer serving her. And I'm so glad she called in so that there was absolutely no doubt that this moodiness is inherent or who she is. It's just not true at all. And I'm sure as you got to know her through the call, you saw that too. And I say the same thing to those of you out there who think you're just the way you are and you're stuck with it and you can't make changes. If there's something about you that doesn't feel good to you, like moodiness, you can absolutely change it. You just need to uncover why it's there in the first place. Like in Monica's case, it was a messenger that she was suppressing. She spent a lot of her life silencing herself, not feeling good enough, pretending or completely withdrawing, all because there was a lot of pent-up anger and frustration. How liberating that she can find ways now to express that anger and be free of the moodiness. And like we talked about in the call, you know, anger is not something women really are encouraged to express. We sometimes default to sadness. And we can kind of sit in our sadness and spin in our sadness because we're not really getting to our passion and our fire. And sometimes we have to tap into that anger to get to our passion, to get to our fire. Now, here's the deal. Any big emotion that we suppress, it will leak. Anger becomes irritability. Sadness becomes depression or feeling just blah. Shame comes out in insecurity or putting on a mask. Suppressed emotion can also lead to physical ailments like headaches, stomach issues, and even disease. Bottom line, it is not healthy to stuff your feelings. And I'm not trying to scare you here, but more inspire you to release your emotions and creative outlets and exercise are great, but to really get to the core of the issue, you got to put words to it. You got to get to that thing that you're holding inside that's triggering you. You know, and the thing about anger is people often think, oh, well, my life wasn't that bad. Like I don't have anything like super major to be angry about. 
it can be something someone said to you 20 years ago that didn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but it really pissed you off. And that little thing got built upon year after year after year after year, and you suppress more and more and more of things people said that hurt you or made you angry. So again, this is not some like big production, like something majorly traumatic needed to happen. We've all had times in our life where we've gotten angry, and it's important to acknowledge that. The entire emotional section of my last book, Expectation Hangover, shows you how to release emotions. So if you're saying, but I don't know how, I don't know what to do about this, just just get the book. I'll walk you through it in the book. And if you really want to take the express train to emotional freedom, you can join me for my signature retreat in July. It's seriously like an emotional colonic. You'll feel more free than you've probably felt since you were a kid. Details are on my website or just email jill at christinehausler.com. So learning to feel our feelings is not about indulging them. It's not about sitting around and throwing a pity party and crying and yelling all the time. It's also not about lashing out at others. It's truly about giving voice to I'm angry because, I'm sad because, I'm ashamed because, and getting that out in a way where we don't judge it. That way we don't have to lash out at others and we can speak more clearly You know, like in those situations where in the past we might have been triggered and might have said the wrong thing or might have not said anything at all, if we're not so full of pent-up anger or shame or sadness, then we're more connected to our authentic voice and we're more likely to speak our truth. All right, so now on to some assignments for you. First, identify the ways you may be leaking. You know, where are you suppressing and how is that expressing in other ways? And if you know or sense that you may have anger, you've never acknowledged, begin with some release writing like I encourage Monica to do. Just get some blank paper, and I've given this assignment before, and just start writing. I'm angry because, I'm angry because, I'm pissed off because, and just let it go, let it rip. And write until you feel the emotion start to release. And then when you're done, get rid of it, rip it up, burn it. Remember, release writing is not journaling. Third, work through the emotional section of expectation hangover. I teach a technique called having an adult temper tantrum and also go through release writing in more detail. And finally, express yourself. Even in those moments when someone else upsets you, don't just fake it and put on a mask and take it. I'm not saying lash out at them either or get in an argument. What you can say is, I'm upset right now. I'm feeling angry. I don't want to say something I regret. So I'm going to remove myself from the conversation, process my side of this, And then I'll come back and continue. Be a stand for yourself. Speak your truth. No more suppression. It's basically lying. And remember, everyone, that we as humans, we learn through contrast and we're here to experience a wide range of emotions. I don't know anyone in the human experience who hasn't at some point felt things like anger and shame and sadness and fear. But the thing is, we experience those emotions, those raw emotions, and we also get to experience the joy, the gratitude, the compassion, the love. But oftentimes, the anger, the shame, the sadness, those things block us from feeling the amazing highs of the human experience. This is my encouragement. No more suppression. Process those deep, more raw, quote-unquote, negative feelings so that you can experience more of the things I mentioned, 
more joy, more gratitude, more compassion, and more love. Because truly, that's who we are. We are love. Sometimes we just have to remove the blocks, remove the layers, remove the upsets, remove the triggers so we can authentically express and be who we are. Much love and many blessings. <laughs>